Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with my bookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie Zulu. Alpha Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Number six in the National Football League. It is your one one seven one two one one lineup of games with the first wave of bye weeks. I'm sorry. Atlanta, New Orleans, the Jets, and San Francisco are having the week off. Thursday night's game between the Buccaneers and Eagles was too late for this edition of the Zabecast. Please check your local newspapers for scores and details. Let's start by going to London again. You are looking live. At the rematch of the 2019 National Championship, the 1-4 Miami Dolphins are three-point favorites in jolly old London against the 0-5 Jacksonville Jaguars. Total is 47, and yes, Rich's chin. Wasn't that game the one where one Sunshine Lawrence beat Tonga Tua Tonga Vailoa? The answer is yes, it is. The two guys meet on the field. It's two bad teams with bad records, and you might say, well, wait a minute. Don't our friends in London deserve better? No. As Tony Soprano once said when he was divorcing Carmella, here's what you deserve. I want what I am entitled to. You're entitled to Yeah, You're entitled to the Jets and the Falcons last week and the Dolphins and the Jaguars this week. Suck it. You're not getting anything other than that. 
Oh, by the way, Kevin Harlan with the call on CBS. Trent Green, Melanie Collins. John Hussey has been shipped to London for this game. Can I come and wiki wiki? Wiki wiki. Can you get some towels for me, please? I'm really losing a lot of blood. A lot of blood. You sound like you're from London. Yeah. I'm from London. <laughs> yes, indeed. That takes us to the 1 o'clock window, and we go to Detroit. You are looking live. At the crying Dan Campbell and the heartbroken Lions. 0-5. And they take on the 3-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are minus 3.5 in this game. Uh, will Detroit get beat by a kick again? Probably by Evan McPherson, who last week thought he had the game winner, celebrated prematurely, got his karma dirty, and then watched in horror as his kick tickled the streamer flag and did not go in. Kid's a stud, though. was drafted in the fifth round out of Florida. Big leg. I wouldn't be shocked if the Lions get done in again by a late kick. Uh, Chris Myers on the call for Fox with Daryl Moose Johnston and the lovely Jennifer Hale. Sean Hockley is your referee. Do you want to know who, who to bet on this game? Well, there's a computer that will tell you. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Why, you worthless hunk of junk. You only have to lay three and a half. I don't think 2,000 is uh, the right number on that one. That takes us to Chicago. You are looking live. At the oldest rivalry in professional tackle football, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Green Bay comes in 4-1 and one after several near-death experiences against Cincinnati. They are five-point favorites against 3-2 and two Chicago with Justin Fields starting to get his legs under him. Hey, need I remind people this game is for first place in the division? That's right. If the Bears win, they're 4-2 and two after an awful start and the Andy Dalton experience, which was no fun, and Green Bay would fall to 4-2, and two, and well, Chicago has the tiebreaker for now. I don't know. I think Bear fans got to be pretty delusional already. Bears Let's check in. Boy, Boris, how are we feeling? Feeling f***ing great. Carl, Mitch? I'm wonderful. Mitch, I'm, uh, I'm uh, back in. What about Eric, the couch guy? How are we feeling? Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. There's your Bear fans right there. Fox's Joe Davis with Greg Olson on the call. Brad Rogers is your referee. That takes us next to Indianapolis. You are looking live. At the snake bit Colts who threw one away on Monday night. One and four Houston comes calling to take on the one and four Colts. And the Colts are minus 10. Total is 43 and a half. Do you really want to lay 10 points with a one and four team? I think the Colts are better than one and four. And I believe that uh, Carson Wentz looked a lot friskier than I thought last week, but I don't. That's a big number right there. The Texans had uh, the Patriots dead to rights last week, and they let them off the hook. CBS sends the awful tandem of Spiroditas and Jay Feely to call the game. The ladies' man, Jerome Boger, is your referee. That takes us to Washington. You are looking live. At two of the worst defenses in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Washington football team. Where do you begin? The Chiefs will let anybody do anything to them. They are really like the slut at the end of the bar, defensively. Offensively, though, they should rip the woof a new asshole, especially on on the back end. 
Uh, Washington's secondary is a complete debacle, and the front four hasn't exactly lived up to billing. Both teams are two and three. Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. Total is 54 and a half. I think that goes over easily. Chiefs probably win, but I think Washington scores a lot. Oh, by the way, the controversy this week in Washington was they announced it would be Sean Taylor retire his number day in a pregame ceremony, and they did it on Wednesday. Wednesday. That's all the advance notice they gave fans. They're like, oh, by the way, we're going to retire his number officially. Uh, we'll do it before the game, too, so you got to get here early. So, yeah, you got a couple days to plan. People are pissed. Sean Taylor is a religious figure in death with Washington football team fans, and they were done dirty by a stupid marketing department that still can't get out of its way. CBS is Iron Eagle, Charles Davis, and Evan Washburn, maybe the best non-primetime, non-A-list team in football with Adrian Hill as your referee. That takes us back to Baltimore. You are looking live. At the analytic darling of the league right now, Chargers rookie head coach Brandon Staley. People love him, and I see why. He's smart, and he's got this Charger team winning. 4-1 L.A. at 4-1 Baltimore. Ravens minus 2.5. Your total is 52. This game will be my lock of the week coming up with Mr. X, so stay tuned for that. CBS sends Greg Gumbel. Adam Archuleta and A.J. Ross to call the game. Bill Vinovich is your referee. We go to the Meadowlands. You are looking live. At the swollen left ankle of one Saquon Barkley. He is out for this game as the 1-4 Giants reeling with injuries take on the 4-1 and one Los Angeles Rams who are big favorites. Minus 9.5. Total is 48 and a hook. You know, I feel for Barkley. It was a weird play in which he jacked up his ankle, but This guy has already been in the shop a ton in his first couple of years. This is why no team that's smart takes a running back in the high first round. They just don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not a running game. They aren't difference makers, and you need a lot of them because they break and break frequently. Adam Amin for Fox with Mark Schlereth on the call. Alex Kemp is your referee. Finally, in the 1 o'clock hour, we go to Carolina. You are looking live. At Sam Darnold, whose paint job as a good quarterback could be peeling and flaking right now. He is regressing to the old Sam Darnold. Three picks last week as 3-2 and two Carolina hosting 2-3 and three Minnesota. The Vikings are minus 2 on the road in this one. The total is 46. Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, Lindsey Zarniak. On the call, Craig Rolstad is your referee. That takes us to the 405 bridge window, and we go to Cleveland. You are looking live at the non-primetime game of the week. 5-0 Arizona taking on 3-2 Cleveland. The Browns are minus 3 in this one against the Cardinals. And yes, this is the Oklahoma quarterback reunion game, Roman numeral 2 Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, who were teammates and then successors at Oklahoma and Heisman Trophy winners. They've already met once in the pros. Mayfield got the better of it. Or excuse me, Murray got the better of it the first time. We'll see if Baker can do it this time around. Kevin Kugler for Fox, Mark Sanchez, and Laura Oakman on the sidelines. Carl Cheffers is your referee. We go to the 425 window, and we go to New England. You are looking live. At the high-flying Cowboy offense under Dak Prescott. At 4-1, the Cowboys are 
and a half point favorites over the two and three New England Patriots. Total is 50 and a hook. Patriots escaping last week in Houston. What an embarrassing loss that would have been. Instead, you got Belichick hanging on. He's two and three. Can't get too much different coaches in terms of how sharp they are managing the game, can you? And Bill Belichick up here. And Mike De McCarthy, a highly successful football coach. Luckily, McCarthy's mistakes and blunders have not cost Dallas yet this year as they are 4-1 and one and flying on offense. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wolfson on the call for CBS. Brad Allen is your referee. That takes us to Denver. You are looking live at Rich Basaccia, a football coaching lifer who's been thrust into the spotlight and into a role he never thought he would have, taking over for the $100 million man, John Gruden. This guy's resume is amazing. Look it up on Wikipedia. He's been here. He's been there. He's been every fucking where Roy Kent. But guess what? He's never been a head coach, and now he is. The pride of Yonkers, 61-year-old Rich Basaccia takes the helm of the Raiders, who are 3-2, and two, and they're dogs in this one to the 3-2 and two Broncos, minus Three and a half. CBS's Andrew Catalan, James Lofton, and Amanda and Herbalionis. On the sidelines, Ronald Torbert is your referee. And that takes us to Sunday night. You are looking live at Eugene Cyril Smith, otherwise known as Gino Smith. People have been saying, I can't believe, Zabe, where is the, this is my friend Gino Smith with John Gruden. Couldn't find it in my archives, but I did find this from the Gruden quarterback camp with the same Gino Smith when he was coming out of West Virginia. This LSU game, this was the greatest night, I think, in college football a couple years ago. I mean, I couldn't wait for this game. Let me ask you this. (laughs) In the biggest game in West Virginia's history, the hell happened on this tap? This one got away from me. I mean, it's the only time I've done this. Uh, I, I kind of snapped the ball too late here to start with, so the ball went to my left. I'm trying to grab it and toss it out in front of him, so it's bad. You know, it's bad on, on everything on my part. You know, just got to have better ball handling with it and uh, do a better job of not putting us in tough situations. You no, know, funny thing is, uh, John Gruden had plenty of black quarterbacks come through the Gruden quarterback room, and now that you've seen that email... It's interesting to look back and listen and just think, hmm, what he was really thinking in some of those interviews. Anyway, I'm a Geno Smith fan. This is my friend, Geno Smith. Poor guy had to sit in the green room and watch himself plummet out of the first round when he was drafted. So he gets a chance to drive this Seahawk team who's been with Russell Wilson for a long time now. Welcome to the rest of how we live, Seattle fans, without a Pro Bowl Probable Hall of Fame quarterback. Two and three Seattle against two and three Pittsburgh Steelers are minus five. NBC's Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, and Michelle Tafoya on the call. Oh, did you say Mike Tirico's a Yes, I did. Hey, Al. Enjoy the week off. Think about retirement while you're on the couch this week, Al. Mike's got it from here. Don't worry. Sean Smith is your referee. That finally brings us to Monday night. You are looking live at maybe the best total team in football, the 4 and 1 Buffalo Bills minus 5 and a half at the 3 and 2 Tennessee Titans. Total is 54. No Manning cast again this week, I'm sorry to say. So you're stuck with Steve Levy, 
Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick on ESPN. Cleet Blakeman will be a referee, and that, to me, sounds like a Monday issue for us to sort out in case, in case the rare situation in which we are not big, fat winners with our man comes Sunday night. And there it is, week six in the National Football League! Once again, the dark art of gambling on professional tackle football lures us in. Mr. X joins us now. You can visit him on the web at callmemrx.com. Hello, Mr. X. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. We uh, we got a lot to talk about today, not just in football terms. We got baseball stuff. And you said to me earlier in the week, you go, I don't know if you guys, if your listeners want baseball on a Friday. And I said, pish posh, my good sir. Nobody knows and loves baseball quite like you. And I want to hear your unified take on a couple of the rulings that happened earlier in the week. So let's do some baseball first. And by the way, tonight, I'm more looking forward to the Dodgers-Giants game than the NFL game between Tommy and the Eagles. Are yes. you? You know, look, I love baseball as much as anybody. But when they're both on at the same time, we've got I multiple. Admit, oh, that's right. So You're in Maine. slow that it's, know. you know, I do lean to football. But I'll have them both on. That's for sure. You're you're on and you're in Maine still, so you don't have I, your three TV set up in front of you, do you? Correct. Well, I've got a bastardized version on the laptop. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, the play involving the Red Sox and Kiermaier and uh, Hunter Renfro. Go. Yeah. Well, it's an easy call. Um, the amount of, of of controversy was crazy because. You know, I mean, I was getting contacted all over with, oh, it's typical Boston. They always, you know, <laughs> want the big markets. I'm like, the ball went over the fence. It's two bases. We've been seeing this for 50 years. It's a very flukish play, but there's absolutely no dispute on what the ruling is. Unless you intentionally take that ball and throw it over the fence, it's a, it's two bases, period. Does um, the rules Do the rules account for an intentional act of throwing or maybe even batting the ball over? Yes. I think, and now I'm not going to get this perfect, but if, if somebody, then it becomes just like an infielder throwing the ball into the stands and it would be, you know, your bases would be marked from when it occurred, not from the pitch. So, you know, it's just like an outfielder that throws it home and throws it in the stands. If he took it and threw it over the right field fence, the same rule would apply, but they would have gotten the run and they'd have got, you know, they'd have got the extra bags. But, but nobody could ever think that was intentional. It was clearly a bang bang fluke bounce off right. and crazy right. play. And that's what happens when you have a three foot high wall. Well, that and that <laughs> and that's the thing. I, yeah. For those that were bitching to me, I I was saying, well, the ball went out of the playing area. What do you propose? 
Yeah. That the guy yeah, has to climb. Judgment. <laughs> what are, what are you it's saying? The, the player has to go climb judgment. in there and retrieve yeah. the ball against Lord knows who while the runners are circling the bases? I mean, you got to have something. Yeah. And the That's reason cool. they have it two bases from where you started was they knew you couldn't, in the non-replay age, accurately determine who was where when when the ball right. went out. It's like the grounding. You're taking the judgment out of the play and just making it an automatic. And one out of every 10 times. We've seen a million times in the bigger ballparks when that ball goes over in right center and they have to send a guy back. And it was probably a triple, but gee, it went over. So you make it a double. There's nothing new about that play. I mean, it's hey, that's the same right field fence where it hit Conseco in the head and bounced over for a homer. You Are you sure that. about that? Damn sure. Conseco was going back. It hit right on the top of his head. Went over. If it and that that's over the fence on the fly. That's a homer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other one was uh, the Guriel and uh, who was the guy he uh, stuck his ass? Grandall. In. Grandall. And and what I can't get over is the fact yeah. the rule is written that the runner can take whatever line he wants, and that's the established line, and he's entitled to it. I'm like, Correct. fuck that noise. You have a designated lane. Get your ass in the lane and stay there. But that's not how it's written, apparently. It's not, and it doesn't matter why, but it's not. Right. And the point, it's just like a runner, you know, going from second to home, taking a wide turn. You don't say, hey, you're not on the line. You take, you make the lane where you want to make the lane based on, you know, what happened. Now, for example, let's say a right-handed batter, you know, takes a big cut and hits the ball and he ends up in a certain position let's say out of the down because of his momentum, he's going to turn and run to first. He's not going to go, wait, where's my line? <laughs> he, he just go. <laughs> he just go. Right. And now the answer to that is, did Grandal interfere with that throw on purpose? Yes, he did. Was it interference? No, it was not. Wow. He chose that path knowing it would make the throw home difficult. And that's what you're taught to do. He did not move towards the ball. And that's okay. It's just like, you know, this is geeky, but you teach when you're teaching kids. If you're leading off third base, you always go down the line in foul territory. That way, if you get hit by the ball, it's foul. If you get hit in fair territory, you're out. But what you're taught is you go down the line, foul. Catcher catches the ball. You turn, and if you're watching pros, well, most of them are lazy, but you come back in fair. Interesting. Why? to block the throw from the catcher to the third base. <laughs> That's what you do. You go foul to be safe. You turn and come back on the inside of the line because now you're taking that line away from the catcher to pick you off. It's just a habit. So, yeah, he did it on purpose to make the throw hard, and he did. Um, he kind of gave a little chicken wing, not as egregious as little. Reggie sticking out his ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little different. Reggie did get away with it. But uh, you're right. You, you can't intentionally deflect that ball. But there was nothing wrong with the path he took. It's legal. And, the you know, the fielder has to take a step before he throws and instead of just going, I don't like where he is. Yeah. That's, that's the way it works. One of my first baseball memories was that play with Reggie, and I was rooting for the Dodgers, yes. and I was so pissed. Yes. And, you know, I was like, how is that even possible? How come they're not calling that? Uh, but I believe the next year, or it might have been the previous year, when the Dodgers got the best of the Yankees and Burt Hooten struck out Reggie three times in one game. Remember that? Oh, yes. And the third one, Reggie was so pissed after corkscrewing himself into the batter's box, he kind of snatched his bat afterwards. And I was, like, so pumped because I was rooting for the Dodgers. My mom grew up a Brooklyn Dodger fan. 
So, right. and it's hard for me. Like I know they're both a rival and an El Guapo monster of a team to both the Nationals and the Brewers. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, Mister X, those uniforms are so <laughs> clean. They are the iconic work of art in baseball, if you ask me. And I love the old school Chavez Ravine, which has none of the modern bullshit amenities of a typical ballpark. It's so iconic. I have a hard time rooting against him, and I love Trey Turner. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's uh, an interesting year in the sense that, I mean, it's, you know, you're 300 million into this team and you're in an elimination <laughs> game in, round, in this round. And these are these the bottom line is by the time this pod er, uh, airs tomorrow, yeah. one of these two is going to be the odds on clear favorite to win the World Series and the other will be bitching about the format. Exactly. I, I, I'm a fan of seven. I would wish this would be a seven round. Seven and you know what, round. though? You're right. And we all are. And then you have Detroit playing somebody in November. Detroit, in, Arizona. Or, well, you have yeah. a game in Detroit in um, Detroit, November. Detroit, Tampa. It's 36 degrees. Oh, I know. And you're in the World Series, and you're like, this isn't baseball. This well, sucks. Right. So it's with, hard to extend the calendar. With the wild card and with um, the calendar being what it is, they don't, they're don't. they not going to surrender any games from the 162, which is perceived to be written in stone, even though it was 154. As late as 1970, what was it they changed it to? A longer? 61. 61, okay. But yeah. they won't trim the calendar, and I found this amazing. Apparently, the networks don't want more product. Well, okay, interesting you say this. Here's the solution. When you get to the playoffs, skip the off days. You know, I'd, I'd be a to, fan of that. Yeah, in the old days, the off day was, you know, they got on the train. Well, these guys got a private jet and they're home in two hours. They don't need an off day. Well, even and between is, traveling? Yeah, well, okay. get home and play. And, and what I'm getting at is, you you know, you got these guys throwing their ace in game one and three or, or one and four, you know, so they have to dig a little deeper. You ever been in a Little League tournament, for crying out loud? We're playing every day. You're deep in that rotation. So the only way you can expand that um, – number of games is to maybe shave those off days yeah. a little bit. I mean, yeah. you know, if they finish the season Sunday and then they're, you know, um, their first game's Thursday, Friday, I mean, you, you got to trim it there. Yeah. Now, uh, we'll see how it works out, but tonight for this game, and this is over by now as you listen to this, but uh, Dave Roberts decided to scratch Urias at the last minute. He's going with Corey Knable as an opener. No one in their right mind thinks he's got more than a couple innings in him. But what's weird is that he apparently texted rival skipper Gabe Kapler to give him a heads up. Wow. Interesting. What? I did not know that. But I I think the reason you do that is it is considered to be, you know, kosher that you do have to announce. I didn't know you had to text the guy, but you do have to announce, and there's nothing wrong with that. And um, a friend of mine earlier today said, I don't know why you ever tell in advance who it is. And I said, it's another thing that Vegas is behind. The lines change horribly based on the starting pitcher. And they have those conversations, which is, can we set a time X hours before the game where they have to tell us? Because otherwise people will trade on inside information and it brings seedy characters into the mix and you don't want that. Yeah, exactly. Julio Urias, they're not, they're not sure. They were not sure as of game time, whether he was sick or injured, but he was a last minute scratch. So, and well, that sucks on, because Urias had a one two nine ERA in the postseason. Whoops. Well, Urias will be in in the second inning, if not the third. Oh, really? 
He's playing. Yeah. The reason they're doing this is Urias is the kind of guy that they stack the lineup with nine right-handers against. And so they're trying to do that. But this is the part I don't get, say. So it's not like, so they say, gee, if we start Urias, they put in the nine righties. Well, if we start somebody else, they put a mixed lineup. Put some, it's not like, the part I don't get is it's not like the other team sits in the dugout going, hey, this, <laughs> this time, it's not like they don't know. I mean, they, they, they're going to take, they don't sit there and change their whole lineup and then go, oh, crap. We didn't know the opener would come out after an inning. Yes, they do. They, they know that. You know what? So if they had if they had covered bullpens with no windows, <laughs> and they brought in relievers in a burlap sack, I'd be all about that. How about that for a surprise? Who's gonna come out of the big relief pitching cake as they open it up at the mound? Surprise! This is like that show, which I flat admit I've never seen. You, you're trying to make the master reliever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the master reliever would be good. All right, let's turn to football, and boy, oh boy, did I suck last week. However, I have several poor excuses, and as my dad always taught me, a poor excuse is better than none at all. You ready? Go. (laughs) I had, as my lock of the week, the Niners plus five at Arizona. I was hanging in there within the margins of this game with – uh, Trey Lance looking like he is so not ready yet to be a starter. They ran him a lot on design plays, but he was otherwise meh passing the ball. It's a 10-7 game late. Yeah. Then Arizona scores to push it to a 10-point margin. Then the Niners are driving him like, just score a touchdown and put it back within three. They had to settle for a field goal, and the game drained out. Loser. Lock of the week down. My underdog play was the Bengals plus three against the Packers. That was a push. And, of course, the Bengals had every chance to win it multiple times. The Packers had a chance to win it multiple times. Didn't work Nobody out. Wanted. But I was correct when I gave you my history of the Bengals or the Packers playing these tier two AFC teams like shit on the road. And it was going to be a dogfight. So I was correct in that regard. And then Vegas minus, minus five and a half, half against Chicago – Gee, I kind of wish I had known that the coach of Vegas would not have unleashed a horrible racial slur via email that would be revealed 48 hours before kickoff. So those are my poor excuses. Oh, two, and one. I'll be better this week. Mr. X, how did you go? Those are some interesting excuses. By the way, uh, you know, I was a big, uh, let's call it long on San Fran prior to the season, and I've agreed with you much. You've now, uh, you're now you now 0-3 with the Niners on your picks in five weeks. You're, it's time to throw that team out and don't pick for or against wow. them again. You're tracking that. Okay, good. Well, I uh, should know not to go to this. I should keep track of this myself, but thank God you are. So that brings my like, yeah, that brings my season total now to what? Uh, you are 6-8-1. Jesus. Two and three on the locks. Terrible. All right, your picks last week. Go. Uh, my lock was Indy um, plus the seven. They should have won that Baltimore game, but they easily covered it. I so know. that was a winner. Uh, I did lost. You them, give out, did you give out money line to your subscribers at callmemrx.com? Sometimes. When it fits, did, sure. Did you the last did week, I though? Did I on that one? Um, <laughs> you don't want to no. say. <laughs> no, I did. No, what I, I say on most I, of them, I remember okay. exactly what I said. I always say this. I'll say, I think Indy can win this game. And when they can win a game, I'll take the touchdown every time. 
Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't play them outright to win that. No. Uh, Carson uh, Wentz played his ass off and I yes. thought he was going to be a dead fish all year. So I need to sort of recalibrate that. And I consistently underrate how good Frank Reich is. And that's something yeah. I need to adjust for. Okay. That is true. Baltimore is always the type of team that I always think, you know, uh, they're the opposite of what you said about their Packers. When they should demolish a team, they're low risk and they demolish a team. But when it's an even game, and I thought that was still game. Anyway, I lost. Uh, I lost on Denver on the last play. They lost to uh, what was it, Pittsburgh. So I missed that. But I won on the Lions. So I went two and one. Uh, puts me on your show at ten and five overall. Ten and five. Do you issue a lock every week? I forgot. Yes, and I'm three. That put me. I'm finally above five hundred. I'm three and two on the locks. Now. Okay, you're trending yeah. the right direction. Overall, last week, how did the favorites do? Versus the dogs, how the overs do, and how was the public? Well, it was a uh, the public actually had a great week. The books actually claimed to have taken a loss. Um, <laughs> when they claim to take a loss, sometimes I think it's one of those uh, political things where by a loss they mean didn't win as much. Right. But I don't know. Um, the favorites went nine and seven. The home teams went nine and seven. The overs went nine and seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I had the public on my chart going five and two. So the public is now up to about 45% on the year. So it was a good week for the, the common public picks. All right. Uh, yep. All right, strategy. And let's talk London real quick. There's another huh. London game this week. It's Miami and Jacksonville. Yeah. Okay. They came up with this brilliant marketing idea. We want football to be a worldwide product. So we send our send two shit teams over to London all the time. How is that a good thing? I mean, what was it like for Jack, uh, the Jets in Atlanta? They, it seems like they say, okay, let's pick the games that are hard to sell out here and let's move them there. And I get that. But do people in London – hey, here's – this is Abe Cash hit London. Do people in London go, oh, cool, the Dolphins and Jags are coming? Well, if you watch those games, and I know you do because who doesn't want to watch football as soon as possible on Sunday morning, you'll see an absolute kaleidoscope of jerseys in the stands. Yes. Sure. Every every Nigel and 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 Brit that goes to the game that has one NFL jersey, they'll yeah. fucking wear it to the game. Like, all right, mate, let's go watch the game. You know, and they go to the game whatever their jersey is. Sure. It's it's uh, and there's a ton of expats that do it. I mean, look, th- this is just they're outsourcing the NFL. They're not growing something that'll become organic. Not in my lifetime. Probably never. Yeah, well, I mean, NBA markets, you know, it's superstars worldwide. We market the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But, like, <laughs> organic tackle football is not being played in any significant numbers anywhere in the world. Anywhere. That's true. It, it is a game that is so uniquely American and has such a high barrier to entry. you got to find kids who are a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. And you have to have parents who say, yeah. This is a good idea for my kid to play this game. It doesn't sure. exist. It's a it's a rare it's a rare uh, fruit that is born mostly in the southern and plain states of the U.S. of A. And that's it. Okay, how about this? This is I've always said this, and it gets me in trouble, but that's what this pod's for. If you were a brand new high school football coach going to a brand new school. But don't know anything about it. I've always said the first thing you do is you go into the principal's office and you get a list of the kids that have been suspended. 
that have had to do after school suspension. And there's your linebackers right there. I would actually, I'd walk around the exits of the school after hours and whatever, whatever kids are smoking, I'd say, Hey, you want to play football? Yeah. Yeah. The linebackers are in after school detention. That's just the way life works. That's just the way life works. Okay. Uh, What else do we got here before we get to our picks? For this week, some strategy talk. The Eckler touchdown, where the Browns uh, dragged him into the end zone, was something I've never seen in 42 years of being over 10 years old and watching tackle football. Have you? It's yes. I can't think of who it was, but I did see one. It was last year where they, where they, where they I don't know that they picked him up and carried him like this, but they did push the pile the wrong way last year and i can't think offhand which the game was but you know this started with that girly todd Gurley touchdown a couple years back but it's it's like most of these things it gets confused and misused if that makes sense that time when Gurley broke free and laid down on the one yard line what people forget was the point there was now we can kneel now we can go home right now the game's over Score, go up eight, then you got to stop them, and the two-pointer. Whenever a, a laydown results in a kneel, that's the play. You don't lose the game kneeling down unless you got Joe Pisarczyk out there. Right. You don't lose the game kneeling down. But I'll tell you what, when you're trailing in a game and you say, I don't want to take the touchdown, you're saying, I'm going to put the game in the hands of my kicker. Did you watch the NFL last Sunday? <laughs> Did you watch these kickers? And the extra points, what was it, by like 120, there was five missing. Yeah. I don't know that I would take a, uh, in that situation and say, I'm not going to walk into the end zone. I'm going to hope we have a good snap, good hold, good kick. And I don't know that I would want to do that. I'm not, I'm not wild about it either. I forget, did the play, uh, were they down two or down one? They wanted to. Either way, the field goal was going to win it. I think they were but, down. Oh, they. Oh, that's what it was. They were down one, so they're playing for the field goal to put them up two. They're catching two and a half. <laughs> I don't think they care about that. No, but everybody on the Chargers was thinking, including me and yours truly, is thinking, kick the walk off field goal, win by two. I'm out. I lose. So when the Browns carried him into the end zone, we're like, yes, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Had that one all along. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I'm a, I'm so a believer in – yeah. the game, impacted the spread oh, terribly. Yeah, and they, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a believer in scoring touchdowns. And I liked – I ended up as a – you know, for the Chargers, I said, well, it's good you scored the touchdown because who knows what would have happened, you know, trying to kick the field goal and yada, 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 exchange, blocks, whatever, misses. The guy, the kid had already missed one earlier in the game, their yes. kicker. Um, but the touchdown put them up five, so they put them up comfortably out of losing with a field goal. Right. So that's a big ass to have the Browns go the length of the field and actually punch it in the end zone to beat you. So I thought it well, turned out being mind, good for the Browns. Keep in mind, this was a game in the 40s. This was a game where I've always say my strategy in a 42-41 game is not the same as a 10-9 game. Right. They've already proven they can move the ball up and down the field at will, and Baker was throwing in the end zone on the last play of the game. So the Browns absolutely did the right thing to say, we're not, we would, instead of hoping you miss a chip shot field goal, we want Baker to have a minute. That was the right thing for the Browns to do, and the timeout allowed them to strategize. But the, what the, um, 
Chargers did wrong was don't hand it to the running back and stand up. Just kneel down. I know. Hey. You know they should have knelt down. Well, that, so, live and learn. Just like they used to not take knees before Pasarczyk fumbled. And it, Nobody had ever thought of doing that. They thought, know, well, they're like, well, we got to run a legitimate football play. That was yes. the thinking. Well, no, yeah. you don't. Thank you, Joe Pasarczyk. We might have never invented that one. But, it, you know, if, yeah. they, if you watch the last play of that game, Baker threw in the end zone. And usually you see three offensive guys and like 17 DBs in the end zone. They all got, they all wiped out. They got tripped and fell and collided into each other. Two Browns side by side. They kind of bumped into each other and neither one of them made a play on the ball. And it was like, guys, catch the ball. It was right there. It's, you know, the Browns should have won on that Hail Mary. It was there for them. And I don't know what the two receivers were doing. They, neither one made a play on it. I don't know if they would have caught it. The Redskins defense wasn't exactly defending on that play. That was the most embarrassing Hail Mary I've ever seen. Five guys, nobody jumped, and then the coach defended it afterwards, claiming they did jump. I'm like, yeah, Ron, you need to go watch the tape on that. Let me keep moving here. we got to get our picks in. PATs, I hate the 33-yard extra point. To me, they said, well, we want to make every play meaningful and exciting. It's not exciting. It's annoying is what it is. Well, let me ask you, this is, you know, you were right. Think back to the origination of this, which was the PAT is a boring automatic play. So what? Right. You know, I think of it like front yard football. I score at seven, you score at seven. Who scores more? I'm sick and tired of teams taking the lead or losing the lead because of missed PATs. I, you know, if you, if you think it's boring, call touchdown seven. I don't need to see that PAT from the 35. I, I really hate that. It's I'm so tired of like one team scores, the other team scores. Oh, wait, it's 7-6. Oh, I forgot. He missed one. I just I agree. Stand. I agree. The extra point sucks. The new overtime sucks. Goodell sucks, but we know all that. Is there crying in football? Dan Campbell cried after losing again for the Lions as head coach. Few people wanted to challenge it as, come on, man, there's no crying in football. I'm okay yeah. with it once, but here's the thing. A coach in the NFL that cries every week after a loss? <laughs> yeah. You're going to be replacing that guy. Yeah. I had a high school soccer coach that did that, and we did our best as 17, 18-year-old kids to not laugh our ass off. He cried every loss? Oh, he, he cried at cuts. Oh, Jesus. You know? yeah. We'd be like, dude, those kids suck. It's okay. Cut them. Can we move on now? It uh, was, we, you know, we did, it was, it was like, you know, I don't know. We all know there's emotional times, and that's great. But just every time you lose by a field goal, you know, it's just not that big of a deal, is it? All right, we got to get to our picks now because, okay. believe it or not, Charch is coming up next, and he is on a strict schedule. He's a ball buster with his time with me because he's a very busy man, so I don't want to be late on this. Let's okay. go to our picks. I'll give you mine first and foremost out of the gate here. I feel motivated, even more motivated than last week to give you guys a 3-0 and week. You said that last week, and you sucked. Okay. Sorry, Heckler. This week, it's for real. Pick number one. I'm chasing my money. I'm taking the Browns minus three against the Cardinals. I know. I'm like, the Cardinals are five. I know this is one of my more interesting games to watch, uh, but I, I think the Browns are just flat out better, and this is Cardinals on the road. Give me Cleveland minus the three, chasing my money. Now, by the way, it's funny that they talked about the Browns like, ooh, they got OBJ. They're going to be so dynamic. They're almost better without him. 
I mean, he's he's like their fourth option. That's you know he's not a factor. No, they're a balanced team, and they're one of the few teams that has two really good running backs that they use a lot, and they're good defensively. So I'll take Cleveland minus three. The Steelers minus five against my friend Geno Smith. Oh my God! Send me a limo. Put some champagne in the back. I'm in. Geno Smith sucks. I know the Steelers aren't world beaters, but at home, I don't care that Geno had an extra couple days to prep coming in from that Thursday night game. Steelers minus five, gift from God. Boom, I'm 2-0. And finally, for the legal limit, my lock of the week, the Chargers catching a field goal at the Ravens. I think that's the actual number here. Let me make sure that's correct. What are you seeing on your point spread line there? Uh, You are actually going to get... I think, oh, I just closed it. I think you're going to get three and a half in that one. Okay. Well, I should pin down the number, but I, I, I got it right here. I'll have the number. Hold on. I got, I got it. I got it right here. Uh, Chargers plus, well, two and a half, according to cbssports.com. <laughs> Call them and see if you can get any action. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, listen, I'll buy the Chargers at any price catching points. I mean, the Ravens have a horseshoe up their ass. And they're the luckiest team I've ever seen. That's got to end at some point. Chargers are fundamentally better in every way. And I like them for the legal limit. That's my lock of the week. Chargers plus two and a half. What are your picks? Okay, good. I uh, My lock of the week is going to be Buffalo minus five at Tennessee. I don't like taking that on the road. But at this point, I think... A primetime game, I'll always take the better team. You're less likely to let down in a prime game, and I'm, I'm sour on the Titans. Okay. My s- other picks are I'll take the crying team, Detroit, plus four. Okay. Even though they seem to play against Gus the Kicking Mule every week, they, they can't stop a field goal. But I'll take them plus four, and they'll probably lose at the horn again. Yeah. And the third pick I'll take is I will take the Bears um, at home. Plus four and a half with your Packers. Okay. There you go. As always, bet with your head, not over it, and only bet as much as you can afford to win. And for more advice, information, and you want to be part of the X Nation, go to callmemrx.com and you can find more information there. You can also reach out to Mr. X through his email portal on the site. Okay. You're released to go watch the sports tonight, my friend, and we'll talk to you next week. Good luck. All right, give my love to charge. Will do. There you go. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with my bookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. 
You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Hi, Getty. I'm Bob. Okay, this is my brother, Doug. How's it going, Getty? Oh, it's going pretty good. Good day, eh? Good day. Good day. Uh, thanks for oh, coming down. To- good day, eh? You hear the intro? It's the extended cut because I've yet to trim it on my machine Ooh. here. So we just have to wait a quick yeah. second for it to ramp up. I, I just wanted to call you on time because I know how busy you are. <laughs> and we have we have 20 minutes tonight or 10 minutes tonight. I forgot. Uh, how about 15? Let's go right, let's go right in the you middle. You want to split in, in the two? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right. Stand by. Here we go, Hoser. Do the hit single now. Sure. Okay. I, that'd be great. Do you have the lyric sheet? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I memorized them. Oh, great. Beauty. How okay. did how did you do that so fast? I'm a professional. Oh, <laughs> takes forever. We'll just sit over here, like. But I'm committed to the bit now. I gotta I gotta see it through. I can't stop. Good luck, eh? Good luck. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, he really can't now. <laughs> this is where the DJ talks. Don't say. Yeah. Anything. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. You want a Luke Cuckoo with me? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> Luke Cuckoo Cuckoo Cuckoo. That's it. All right, Hoser. Good to see you tonight. We got plenty to talk about, so let's dig right in. First and foremost, fantasy football advice. People want it. I was just talking OBJ with Mr. X. He's on the top of your topic list. Let's go. Yeah, there's uh, increasing talk in Cleveland that OBJ is such a bad fit there that uh, they should trade him. They should get rid of him. And and, and it, having watched these guys play, he's just they're not on the same page. With, he's not on the same page with Baker Mayfield. Some people, including um, some notable Steve Zabin radio host replacements, oh boy. have suggested that Baker Mayfield is purposely missing him on the field to force the team's hand. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's a real opinion, huh? <laughs> That is a real opinion by a multi-million dollar ESPN (laughs) talking head. Well, see, that's why they make multi-millions. They traffic in fake Rolex takes, bought off a card table in Times Square, and they're like rich because of it. The stupider the take, the louder the take, probably the more money you're going to make. By the way, though, they're not not bringing up any new million-dollar take artists. They're squeezing everything they got out of Stephen A., Bayless, and company. Right. Who's the new take artist who's like, oh, shit, Stephen A gets to make that much money with that amount of dumb shit coming out of his mouth. I want in on that. Where's he climbing the ranks? (laughs) It's a good question. Who? Yeah. Who is the who's the new big mouth that's waiting for the big payday? Who is the guy that uh, from the morning show, the two guys that always yell at each other? Right. I mean, uh, I don't don't really watch that. I know. Who's the first the first take guys? And I'm talking about non-athletes. You know, I'm talking about right. non-athletes. Where, who is the who is the next civilian to be a five million a year hot oh. take pundit? Uh, right. Great question. Yeah, and, uh, 
I don't know in part because I don't watch much ESPN. I mean, I can't, I can't handle their style of programming for their, their, their quasi news shows, which is basically just setting up two guys to yell at each other and take absurd points of view and in uh, different points of view all the time. That's, it, it feels like that's every show. It is remarkable how ESPN has poisoned their brand with many Ugh. sports fans. And I find this myself. Every time I think of think of punching in two oh six on my satellite remote, yeah, yeah, I get the itches, I get the hives thinking <laughs> about how they've turned me off over and over through the years. Yes. With mm-hmm. their incessant wokery and their social justice bullshit that I didn't ask for and nobody did, that it doesn't matter if I know the product I'm going for, like say Van Pelt Center, one of the most yeah. reliably entertaining products they got. For sure. It still makes me itch. And I think, I wonder how many more of me are out there. Oh, there's there's a lot. I mean, their numbers are way down, but, you know, they pointed a lot of different things. How many people, I, in my circle of friends, um, I know of about 10 that have stopped watching ESPN for just purely political reasons. And they've effectively boycotted ESPN. Yeah. I think they break from time to time when they have to, and the Vikings are on Monday night football or something. Do you have, are there enough people to be a, a enough people that you know that have stopped watching ESPN for political reasons? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get flooded with a lot of emails after this saying, oop, oop, me hand up in the back. The thing that really depresses me that it really hasn't crippled them in any way that there is no real competitor. Fox sports one is a tiny tiny yeah. fish that is irrelevant and you know they're still existing it's 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 too bad i you know i'm not necessarily against the so-called political discussions whether it's about the anthem or whatever i hate i can't stay t- i can't stand the ignorance it's the rampant ignorance you want to be hardcore okay here's my opinion from the left fine get somebody who can articulate the argument on the right side it's so dumb. Well, it's too you, dumb do you for remember, me to even look at. Zabe, two weeks ago, you and I on this very podcast were talking about Sage Steele, and we said her days are numbered. Yeah. And one week later, yeah. she was being reprimanded after going uh, after going public with the fact that she got vaccinated against her will to mm-hmm. keep her job. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... I, it's only a matter of time before she gets squeezed out of that place. I know. Uh, you need a TV concierge. Explain. A TV concierge, Sabe. So I'm done with my. I'm, I'm done with the latest show that I got done watching and enjoyed very much called Get Shorty on Amazon Prime. Highly recommend it. Very funny. Um, about you know, you you remember? Did you ever see the movie Get Shorty? Many years ago, I already forgot the plot. Me too. All right. So the premise is great. And I'm only going to spend 20 seconds on this. Uh, a bunch of gangsters need to launder money, so they go to Hollywood and they become film producers, but they're just goons, right? They're a bunch of just hired goons who become film producers in Hollywood. And it is it is a lighthearted show with a little bit of grittiness to it because they are goons in the middle of a drug trade. Um, but it's it's extremely well acted. Very good. It's an Amazon Prime. I recommend it. So now we're done with Get Shorty. And so I want somebody who says, okay, I can go my favorite shows. I loved Chernobyl. I loved Dark on Netflix. I loved uh, Game of Thrones. So, you know, I can be able to say, here's all things I love. Go tell me what to watch. I will pay you to, to <laughs> because my time is valuable. 
I will pay you to guide me to the next show I'm going to love rather than me meandering through six or seven shows that I've, nah, they're just okay. And I'm wasting my time. There's a, there's a cost benefit trade-off, Save Charge, right? charge, my friend. I got to explain how it's done. This is how I did it. Breaking Bad didn't start watching it till the season had, till the whole series had ended. Mm-hmm. Over, ended. Second, I didn't watch Game of Thrones till season five. Oh, okay. Wait, just wait for a show to prove it's got staying power. Well, but I'm not saying I need to start the show. I, this could be a show that's completely wrapped up. Like Get Shorty was three seasons and over. Um, but you want I, recommendations. I, I, I want recommendations of what to watch. How do you because know? I, how do you know that the people recommending it are going to know what the fuck they're talking about, or if they've got good taste in things? This this is a professional concierge service. <laughs> professional. Yes. You, you act as if there is some kind of accounting for taste, and there is no <laughs> accounting for taste, as my dad always taught me. There is a there is a formula by which you know we all want to believe we are unique unique uh, unique uh, uh, snowflakes right we're all right. we're all special and different but the reality is if I give you five shows I love you should be able to tell me a bunch of other shows I'm going to love because uh, ever because I match a bunch of other people that have gone down the same path and we like the same kinds of shows at the same quality of show and this style of show and a professional who knows the ins and outs of all the great shows and what's really good should be able to identify that for me. And that is a service I would pay for because okay. my time is valuable. And if I'm going to start four or five shows and invest an hour or two in each one of them, only to realize that I don't like these shows, that's that's time. That's that that time has a value for me. Well, you know, Charch, you are a man who is an entrepreneur and a businessman who has done several startup companies in the digital and entertainment realm. I think this is your mission to fulfill my TV concierge.com. I like it. Except I had to look up how to spell concierge. Uh, <laughs> when I texted it to you, I'm like, I can't even, I couldn't come even close enough that my iPhone could recommend concierge, yeah. which makes it automatically a bad, uh, a bad URL. Although I, I did start a company called guillotine league. So who am Pretty I to talk? Good. Right. Go to guillotine league, start your league. Now you can start mid season. If you crapped out like I did mid-season, start a new league with new friends and tell your old friends, well, I don't like you anymore because you beat me <laughs> in guillotine leagues. Guillotineleagues.com. The thing about tastes on TV shows, so being a huge Office fan, yeah. everyone was selling me on Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec. I gave it a hard yeah. push for the first mm-hmm. three or four episodes, and I said, I'm out. Can't do it. And people yeah. go, people go. you got to push through that. It gets better. And I say to those people, I'm sorry, but I see how it's an obvious knockoff coach handbag of the office, and I don't appreciate that. Um, I a similar story for me. Um, but everybody told me I had so many people tell me, "Don't even bother with season one; just go right to season two. So I did. I don't feel like I missed anything, and I thought it was good, not great, but it was absolutely conceptually a knockoff. But there are some stellar characters in it that made ultimately made it worthwhile. I like the clips and I play the clips and I've mm-hmm. seen the clips and I'm good with that. But the whole series I don't think so. The wire is still something I gotta go watch and everyone says it's better than Sopranos and I say, but it's not funny. And they go, Oh, there's some funny moments and I go, No, the Sopranos was half comedy basically, because these Jersey Goombas were fucking clueless, you know, half the time. <laughs> and that's how I liked my gangster drama flavored with that 
extra bit of comedy. Sort of like you like your yes. stuff flavored with pumpkin spice. Oh, hey, you, you, you. How is, your, how is your ongoing jihad against pumpkin spice? Because I don't think the trend is abating, Charge. I think it's no, picking I'm, up I'm losing. steam. Yeah, no, I'm losing. losing. It, it's only it's only starting earlier. We're we're in the we're not even in the at the halfway point of this thing right now. It starts earlier and it ends later. Next and, thing you know, we're going to be drinking pumpkin nog for Christmas. And don't you think that there are more products now, pumpkin spiceified? Oh, oh for sure, absolutely. It's gotten to the point there. Your pumpkin condoms. Um, <laughs> you know, it's suck cool. on this spice. <laughs> <laughs> that's right oh exactly. my god yeah it's uh oh. it's bad christmas speaking of was in walmart not walmart i was in costco today and a lot of christmas stuff including some yeah. big shiny plastic toys and i've heard the reports like you you better get those quick if you're still in the toy business with your kids because supply chains and the port of los angeles jacked to the yep. moon there is going to be a lot of sad kids out there do you hear how many ships are sitting outside the port of Los Angeles right now, just no. sitting at sea? Would you care to guess? A hundred and ten. A quarter million ships no, are not. sitting outside the that's port of not, Los Angeles. That's not even two hundred fifty thousand no. ships. No, that's that's all the ships in the world. That's not a real number. You're making that. That's up. what I read. I, you know, the internet's wrong plenty, but oh that's what went by God. my feet. Oh my God! And and Biden's out there like, we need to employ the private sector to step it up and get these ships unloaded. I'm like, fuck not. Who do you think's been doing this the whole time? What are you gonna do? Wave your magic wand of labor and produce truck drivers and longshoremen and crane operators? Jesus, you're like people off the street. This is a this is a largely this is a, both a Trump and Biden created problem where not working is totally feasible. And so I know, you know well, there's there's that there's also a lot of regulations I read in California that hamper this thing in terms of the age of trucks that are allowed in oh, terms really? of others. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. California because Florida's boats boats or Florida's ports are open and running. And DeSantis said, hey, if you're shipping stuff to the states, come around here to Florida. We're ready for you. Of course, I looked at the map and I'm like, eh, that's not easy. Eh, that's, <laughs> right. Go down here. looks like you got to pay a toll at the Panama Canal. <laughs> Going to take a few days. Do you know, it's, you know, the gas costs are unbelievable for, so let's assume like one of these big freight ships is about the same as a, as a luxury cruise ship, you know, the gigantic cruise ships. For those cruise ships to idle for one hour at idling at one hour is $50,000 of gas. So imagine what, how much gas it would cost to get a gigantic, you know, freighter from LA to Florida. It would have to be staggering. Yeah, it would be huge. Well, again, I'm invoking my dad's sayings for the last time, third and last time on this particular podcast. He used to always kind of joke with us kids growing up. I don't know, Stephen. We might be having a real spiritual Christmas this year. 
<laughs> spiritual Christmas he turned it. That was to damp down our expectations <laughs> of toys. And it worked because, you know, little Steven, he had his list and it was all sorted and organized and I wanted the moon and then some. So he would say spiritual Christmas. This might really be a spiritual Christmas with a lot less plastic shit from China. And honestly, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world now, would it? Well, probably not, but we are so well, we are so conditioned to performing economically and, you know, by quantity of gifts and everything else. And if we can't get what we want, that's not what we're, that's not what Christmas has ever all been about, right? Normally we get, we get the things that we want to have for Christmas. And I think it will not go very well if that's the case. And people are going to be very frustrated by that. And not just for a PlayStation 5, which you can't get anyway, but for regular run-of-the-mill stuff and for for people like me that need to go to the mall of america with its 17 levels of of (laughs) shops and multiples of each shop inside the mall i've been there (laughs) i know you have at at one point there were three game stops in the same mall they're down to two game stops in that mall now um and you want to get, I just want to like browse for something for my wife or whatever. And I, we might not get there. You might be going like, you know, the cupboard is bare. There's nothing to get. I don't know. It's yeah. going to be weird. Well, you know who can save us? Something claws. Sutton claws? Something claws. Something claws? You never heard of the legend of something claws? I don't even know what the hell you're talking about right now. SNL skit with the great Keenan Thompson playing something claws. <laughs> Take a listen. Oh, what up, man? How was the concert? Sucked. I mean, my buddies got busted for drinking in the parking lot. Santa's not bringing me anything this year. Ah, oh, don't worry about it, man. You always get a visit from something Claus. Who's that? Yeah. Everybody get something. Everybody get something. Everybody's been naughty. so he's dressed up like he's dressed up like street pimp santa and the song is so catchy and addictive and it's got these funny ass lyrics they do a video to it and the very hot cecily strong is one of the doo-wop girls behind Mm. him singing backups and i just laugh at the whole something clause his whole thing is he brings people cash in envelopes here we go Everybody's getting something. Everybody's getting something. We ain't talking about no toys. I give cash. White envelope. Listen to this line. Sometimes 50s. Cash. And where am I getting this cash? Hey, man. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> hey, man. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> where it came from. Yeah. Something clause. All right, Church. Always good to talk to you, my friend. GuillotineLeagues.com. Sign up today. Public League. Start one of your own. It's not too late. Middle of the season. Have fun. And we will see you next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. All right. right, We're going to let this be our out music today. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and downloading. I hope you enjoy the Zabecast in all its forms. And I hope you subscribe to the one premium show per week. Not premium, but the one subscriber show per week. I thought our visit with Scott and Solly was really good this past week and I love being with those boys so if you like it I appreciate the support if you still don't have it in your budget that's fine four days a week is a lot of me on top of my regular stuff 
Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy it all. Splash around in the sports and count down the days to Christmas. Get them toys early because guess what? Something Claus is a catchy song, but he ain't real. We'll see you next week. Both of us felt a sweet sensation. So we agreed on recreation. Brought me inside, made some cocoa. She served me pumpkin risotto. Santa walked in and said, that's a no-no. But you know what I say? Everybody's getting something. Everybody's getting something. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie, and when you win, get paid. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. Cancer screen quiz dot com.